We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick and joining me today are my two new partners in crime, Jill Mackey and Eli Berkowitz joining us today. Guys, how are you doing? I think more of the question is, Eli, how are you holding up as we're we're finally starting mandatory mini camps and it looks like your boy won't be there. Aaron Rodgers, a no show today. How how are you feeling? How are you handling it? Um, it's a little bit of a mixed of a mixed emotion because obviously I wanted him to be there. A part of me thought, you know, even, it's not about the money, but just the fact that it's a mandatory camp and he's Aaron Rodgers, like he'll show up. But according to Adam Schefter, it seems like it doesn't look like he will be there. And do I think it necessarily changes anything in, the, in a major way? Probably not, because I think most people expected this. And as I uh, posted on Twitter kind of after the Schefter report, you know, for me, the number one thing is that they're talking they're negotiating a deal. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need three days of practice in the middle of June. He is, he's played football for the last 13 years at the highest levels imaginable. So he misses – I mean, I would be pretty pissed if they find him. I mean, I think if they find him, especially if they're middle of a negotiation, that would be a, a pretty stupid move. And I get you could say, oh, you know, you can't treat one player different than another – yeah, I think you could make an exception in this case for obvious reasons, but maybe I guess I'll ask your opinion. I mean, Dan, if he's not there, do you expect them to, you know, give him the waiver, excuse waiver, whatever it's called, or do you think he will get those fines? Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about it in my head as you were saying that was, you know, I think it's really going to show how this organization is 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 truly viewing the situation. You know, because like you said, I think that um, if they were trying to take sort of a a hands-off, delicate approach to, you know, to make Aaron happy, you know, in if they're negotiating a contract or just to, you know, make him happy, whatever, they don't find him. But if it's something like that, they if, if they come out and find him, then that to me shows that they are they are playing hardball. They're they, somebody's got, you know, some kind of something to grind with Aaron, 
you know, they're they're trying to they're definitely not trying to make him happier if they find him. So I, I think it's going to tell us a lot. I, I I'm I'm with you though. I think um I think they probably just lean on that side of not not finding him because again, it, Aaron probably could have gone the last several years and not not go to these mini camps and everything be be fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. Janelle, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of put some tweets out as well as Eli, uh, just kind of talking about, you know, I really didn't expect him to, like, there was really no part of me that thought he would show up to this. I mean, yeah, mandatory is a strong word, but again, he's spent so much time in the league where it really wouldn't mean anything to him to go to those games except for attendance stuff. So, I mean, he's obviously enjoying his off season, and if they find him, then, you know, 90 whatever thousand dollars that it is, that's basically pennies to him so it's not really even much of a fine and I don't know yeah the whole will they find him won't they find him I think yeah kind of it would be really interesting to see kind of just because of their relationship relationship and the the little rift that they're having it would be yeah I, I just don't think it would be good for it but I also understand if they communicate with him like hey you know I understand that this is happening but maybe they have this conversation like we can't treat you differently than we would any other player so like we really don't know the behind the scenes communication that could be happening if they do decide to find him but I do think that um just from my personal opinion I do think that they waive the fine just because one whatever's happening between them yeah you don't want to really cause extra tension to whatever's going on and also just after everything that he's done for the team it just doesn't seem morally right to kind of be like, hey, you're not showing up, we're going to find you now. I don't know. It just it just kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth, the idea of them doing that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with, I agree with you. I think we we all kind of are in agreement on that is, you know, it would be, if anything, it would almost be just more of a bad PR move than than anything. Even if even if Aaron was okay with it or they came to the decision or, or whatever you want to, whatever the, the outcome is, it's it's really just kind of a bad PR move, like eat the ninety eight thousand, or you know, just you you can treat them differently. It's it's okay. Like this this isn't you know this isn't grade school where everyone gets you know the same the same amount of crackers and juice at at lunch. Like Aaron's the big dog. He eats. He gets to kind of call some of the shots when it comes to stuff like this. Or at least at least he in a situation like this, it's okay to make more exceptions for him. Than it would be for like if this was a uh, a Tunyon or you know something like that. The team and the players would probably be understanding of that, right? You would think, especially those veteran players who know him. And I mean, it's it's Aaron Rodgers. I think they would understand. Hey, he's getting a little bit different treatment, but that's because of you know what he's done and who he is. And I think it's kind of okay to make those exceptions for guys like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, too, the the thing to think of is I'm sure that Aaron has at least talked to some of those veteran players. Bakhtiari, Adams, Big Dog, Jones, you know, I'm sure that he's talked to some of them about this. Like, they, at least one of them or some of them know what his plan is, whether it's to hold out for a trade, whether it's that he's going to come back for training camp. They know. Somebody, Somebody there knows. And so... Um, I, I feel like if if it was something more serious, something would get out. We we'd hear something about it, and I, I think the, I think the way that those guys are operating, everyone's showing up, 
everyone's kind of treating it like normal, not talking about it. I think that, to me, that screams he's going to be back for training camp. It's just this is a – this is just a, like – crap situation well, yeah and it's just a few days it's not like he's missing a whole month or a whole few weeks or anything like right. that it's just a handful of days that obviously coming off of an MVP year it's not concerning for him to miss practice wise I'm, I'm sure he's still staying in shape doing whatever taking care of himself so it's just you know just given the situation at hand is what makes it look worse than what it realistically could be yeah I mean kind of like I was saying to Dan before the show and basically what Ian Rapport said uh or insinuated but bottom line is if Aaron Rodgers was absolutely done with the Green Bay Packers regardless of any deal they could possibly offer him under the sun he is done I'm never putting on a Packer uniform again he would have already at the very least requested a trade let alone demand one, but according to Rappaport, as of today, he has yet to even request for a trade. I don't think any quarterback, especially one of Aaron Rodgers' talent and of his ambition of winning, would wait until the middle of June and beyond before he makes it known that he wants, that he officially makes it known that he wants out. So number one, Mm -hmm. I think the fact, kind of like what Dan said, that it's nothing horrible has come out yet where it's like, that's it, I'm done, I think that means something. And also, to, to your point, uh, Jen, you know, with all the guys that signed, I think it's impossible to to imagine that David Bakhtiari and Mercedes and Aaron Jones and none of these guys had any conversations with Aaron Rodgers about their deals because also it's not like Aaron Rodgers only had issues with the Packers in the last month. This is something that's been going on for a while. I'm sure they're aware of it. They're obviously all friends. So this is stuff they knew, and I get that people aren't always going to make the decisions based on someone else, but, yeah, I mean, when it comes to guys like Bakhtiari or for sure Mercedes Lewis, who could have just, you know, went and retired and called it a day, he decided to come back to the Packers again at age, you know, 37, 38, whatever he is. He's nearly 40 years old at tight end. You read those, you know, those tea leaves, and then you have A.J. Hawk, and you have James Jones and John Kuhn, Basically, anyone that would actual, actually have personal access to Aaron Rodgers all being more on the side of it'll get resolved and it's fixable, I think that's, you know, people are more ignoring that. They're looking at, well, he's not here. Schefter, Rappaport, this, they're saying that and this and that, and he's not around and he's pissed off. But when you look and see that his closest group and most talented players on the team have all signed extensions outside of Devante, which we do expect to happen at some point. Obviously, Rodgers will play a part in that. But they all signed deals. Like, there's no way they they were just like, you know, I'm not going to ask Aaron Rodgers the reason why our team is even relevant if he's going to come back next year before I commit my career, let's say Aaron Jones, if, if, essentially committing the rest of his prime as a running back to the Packers there's no way that a conversation didn't go by saying, hey, by the way, I know you're pissed, but, like, are you really going to be gone? Because I don't think Aaron Jones takes a massive hometown discount just to come back to find out, surprisingly, that Aaron Rodgers is not coming back. So I I just think if he really wanted out, we would know that by now. He hasn't made that known yet, so I think he's kind of a standoff. He's making people sweat. 
and eventually the Packers will have to just kind of give in to whatever it is he's demanding. I don't know what exactly that is, and that he'll be back because otherwise it doesn't make sense business-wise for Rodgers. I mean, there's a ton of other ways you could have gone about this if you really wanted to be traded. That would be better. than. Well, yeah, just kind of with your point, Eli, yeah, I mean, timeline is obviously a huge thing for him to – if he did want to be traded or whatever the situation is, play for someone else. I mean, it's a whole new system, whole new team. Obviously, he needs time to kind of acclimate to things. Yes, it, some quarterbacks can just get thrown in. I'm sure he's smart enough to really understand, but you also kind of need that time to understand what you're working with between players, plays, schemes, yeah. coaches, whatever it may be. I mean, he would have to just kind of – get familiar with a whole new system. And I'm sure, like, he's obviously an intellectual quarterback. It probably wouldn't take long for him to understand play stuff, but also just kind of familiarizing yourself with how do I throw this guy? What can he do? What's he capable of? How can I play with these guys around me? And also just with the coaching staff, because obviously he has a lot of freedom to audible and call plays in Green Bay. Would it be the same situation somewhere else? Or, like, what are people willing to kind of give up to get him kind of thing. So, yeah, I think timeline would obviously play a huge part in this, too. If he realistically did not want to be here, he would have to make that decision relatively soon, and the Packers would have to figure it out. So, yeah, I I, I don't think they're going to wait, like, trade-wise. You can only go so long without right. making that deal because otherwise it's, you know, you're running out of time basically to – be able to be successful in a whole new system. Yeah, and I think the the one thing I want to also address before we move on to our other part of the show is um, this has absolutely nothing to do with the readiness of Jordan Love. And if you truly think that, <clears throat> John Ledyard, um, you're an idiot. That's that's plain and simple. Um I well, in I guess I should have. Man, I guess I should have, I guess I should have asked you guys if you thought about that before I called you idiots. Um, what, no, what, in what like? sense did you mean? This has nothing to what's this? Uh, so he. So I think Dan I'm might gonna, be referring to some tweets that were happening, but there were tweets all out today saying that the the Packers the Packers refusal to trade Aaron Rodgers at the at the highest trade value that he ever had will ever have means that the Packers clearly don't think anything good about Jordan Love and that uh, Jordan Love that. is not a, is not a competent quarterback which is So there's such strong accusations. You can say he's not like NFL QB1 leadership ready, but you can't just say he, you know, he sucks basically and that's why because obviously that's not the case. And well, I mean it's it's everybody that wants everyone wants to be right. Everyone outside of the organization wants to be right. And and be able to etch their etch their name in the Packers' headstone of here's where the dynasty ends. Jordan Love was a bad pick. We were right. You were wrong. Aren't the Packers stupid? Da 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 da. And if you want to do that, two or three years after Jordan Love actually becomes the starter, that's completely fine because then you would actually have proof that it's right. But right now, them not trading trading. By definition, the best player in the league away from a championship contender, a team that was two minutes away from going to the Super Bowl, 
that does not have any bearing on what they think of Jordan Love. And if you do, I pity I pity your existence because you clearly just you are you are so myopic that you can't see anything past what whatever whatever you think of the narrative trying to push that Jordan Love is bad. So, no, I, I, I agree. Love when Dan just rags on people. <laughs> no, I agree. No, it was, it was definitely a good a good uh, a good rant. And anyone who I, I would say completely agree in terms of if they thought he was bad or any kind of negative towards that. Number one, he's a rookie who I mean coming off a rookie season in which he played zero snaps in the regular or preseason because I'm active in zero minutes. Yeah. He did not put on a helmet essentially in any meaningful purpose. So the idea that, you know, you could just outright say he's bad is obviously stupid, but Dan, I would say that, and I'll draw one comparison and in no way am I going to compare Alex Smith to Aaron Rodgers, but in a way, if the Packers saw Jordan Love as a rookie in practice and they and he just blew their minds the way Patrick Mahomes clearly did to the Chiefs because of the year they traded Alex Smith, and again, I know Alex Smith has always been more of a game manager, but they won like 13 games that year. They were a terrific team, but they saw Mahomes was Mahomes, and there was no there was no time to wait. We're not giving Alex another year. It's We're doing this right now. So I'm just saying technically, this doesn't mean Jordan Love's awful, but I would, I would say that it, it could at least – hint that Jordan Love has not blown them away to the point where it's like, you know what? This guy's clearly really good and we don't want to get rid of, as you said, the best player in the league. And I would obviously never fight that uh, description for Aaron Rodgers. But if they thought Love was that, that good and that ready, and then all of a sudden you could get three or four first round picks or three first round picks and two key starters, like I think that would push a team quicker to do it. So again, I'm not sitting here saying yeah, sucks because they haven't traded him. But I also do think it kind of means that, you know, maybe he hasn't, you know, hit that ceiling. And again, it's only year one and he's done. He hasn't even played in the preseason, but he hasn't shown that crazy, almost otherworldly ability that I, that Mahomes that they kept talking about that right. he was showing in practice. I mean, to to be fair though, with I mean, with that, and I know I know that it's not a perfect analogy. You're never gonna you're never gonna find a, a perfect one. So I don't like to to get bogged down in semantics of, you know, comparisons and things like that cuz you're never going to you're never going to be exactly perfect with it. I think the difference is that Patrick Mahomes had the opportunities to show. Yeah. He what played he that you know what I mean? Preseason. You know, he had he had preseason, he had a regular a regular off season to get in. And then also too just, you know, again, Alex Smith is is, is that that yeah. Alex Smith is completely different than and I, yeah. I I said I I related this to more like this is this is Jordan going into the last dance. You wouldn't trade away Michael Jordan, the MVP of the league, because you know it was time to it was time to blow it up or it was time to move on or you had the next to, to keep moving. They they ran it back. They ran it back one more time. It, it doesn't matter. You you don't screw trade value at this point for Aaron Rodgers. His value is what he brings in the immediate right now. You went all in on the cap. That's his value. There's no trade value outside yeah, of that. But- and and, and it, to me, it doesn't show. It doesn't tell me anything else about anyone. It just, just tells me they want to win next year. Yeah, but I guess I guess maybe just my final point on, on yeah. that. I, I never really agreed with the idea of this whole last hands kind of situation because maybe you guys disagree. But in my opinion, 
I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starter unless he knows he's the start. You know, he's not going to be supplanted by Jordan Love as long as he's playing the way he's playing, as long as he wants to play. Like in my opinion, he's if and when, and I and I expect it to be when, but if and when he comes back, it is going to be with a new deal that all but guarantees Jordan Love. For it basically does not start as a Packer, and for sure not within the next few years. So I, I, I like you said, there's no perfect analogy, but I don't see this as a see that's that's where that's where you kind of thing. yeah that's that's three maybe a last dance three year kind of thing right, but not a last dance one right. year yeah of. yeah I I don't I I think it goes more than one year, but like it's just basically kind of like he's at the height of his career or the height of his his play right now. You don't trade him. You don't trade away the MVP. I don't care who you have behind yeah. you. You know what I mean? I mean the chief. Everyone wants to look at the Chiefs and say like, well, the the Chiefs knew that they had Patrick Mahomes sitting there, and they took they they made the right call. Well, I can. I, you want to go pull up the tweets, bro? Because I can go look and and find everybody that was killing the Chiefs over getting rid of their veteran Alex Smith who had just led them to the playoffs and like you said he had an amazing record he was you know he was he was having the comeback of his of his career and there was there were plenty of people in the media tell, saying that the Chiefs made a terrible decision to to get rid of Alex Smith and to to take a chance on this unproven rookie that they they got in the first round you know, like there, there's plenty of people that are playing that are playing some uh, revisionist history with the, yeah, with the sure. Patrick Mahomes thing. But yeah, like you said, there's no no analogy that's perfect. I think we I think we agree overall with this. It's not time to absolutely panic if you're the Packer if you're a Packer fan just yet. I think that there's there's plenty there's plenty to still be kind of uh, just unsure about, uneasy, but nothing nothing crazy. New has happened yet with the Aaron Rodgers situation, and I do think we even just spent twenty minutes we, talking about it. So. If we want to be positive about it too, I mean, this mm-hmm. gives Jordan Love the chance to get snaps and get practice yeah. with those veteran receivers. So yeah. with them showing up and Rodgers, yeah, not being there, this kind of gives him that opportunity to kind of see, you know, hey, can he really work with the big dogs? Because as of right now, it kind of sounds like he's impressing, but obviously those are second, third string guys. Mm-hmm. So you get those veteran players in there that he if, God forbid, Rodgers doesn't show up week one, then you kind of know what he can do with those guys. So I think this is a great opportunity for Jordan Love, and we kind of have to be happy for him for it because, you know, none of this is his fault. He didn't choose to be thrown into this situation. So just be happy for him, be excited, hope that he does well. And, you know, from what it sounds like, a lot of players and coaches and media are kind of impressed with what they've seen so far. So I think that... A really telling thing could be, you know, how good does he look in practice? And then also to the advantage, you know, if a trade for Jordan Love were to come up, this kind of helps boost that because there's positive talk about him. So Mm -hmm. I think that we just have to go into this with a positive mindset. Don't take it out on Jordan Love. Hope he does well because you don't know, you know, he's obviously an important piece in this puzzle, whether he plays for us or plays for someone else, how he plays is still crucial to trade value or to the Packers themselves. So I think that people just need to be a little bit more optimistic about him getting these reps at practice with these starters. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that that's a really good point. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, that's I think that's something that's underrated when we when people are looking at that situation. Is, it, is at the very least it gives it gives us a great look at what he can do with all of his starters because it sounds like everyone's saying all the wide receivers, all the play, everyone basically except Aaron Rodgers will be there. And so yeah, it gives it gives Jordan Love a chance to get in there and and just get his feet wet and actually really just kind of throw himself fully into into that you know, QB one style style role that they hope to, they hope to have him in some point. Um, let's, uh, let's transition into the, the more lighter uh, hypothetical side of our conversation today. We were talking about this as a, as a topic for today, and I'm interested to see where, where we can take this, um, where, what other people think about this. I'd love to hear this. is This is one of the ones that I love to get feedback from fans about what they think about what we're discussing with it. Basically, Janelle, you and I, this came this came about between you and me, Janelle, as obviously the, I think it's safe to say we're the two biggest hockey fans in the Pack a Day podcast family. We might be the only hockey fan. We might be the only ones. So by default, making us the the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've currently got the Bruins Islanders game on. I'm sure. Same. You I had to, I had to mute right my now, microphone. So. I had to mute my microphone when bars all tied it up there. Oh, yeah, um, I was frustrated with that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, with the NHL playoffs going on, it's a it's a unique situation with the playoffs this year. If you're a hockey fan, you you know exactly what we're talking about, where they, you know, they basically reworked the, um, the divisions and the conferences to help help mitigate uh, any kind of issues with COVID, where basically – um, I, how many teams is it? Is it it's about? Um, I'm There's trying to think. Thirty-one. Of, yeah. There will be thirty-two next year with the Kraken. So, what? so the eight. Crack, oh, who is that? Seattle. 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 Yep. I got They made a pretty dope logo, right? That is a, no, I love everything about the Seattle Kraken. The problem <laughs> is, I hate Seattle, but the name is cool. I'll let it pass. Yeah, so everybody wants to be Seattle. a crackhead, so. I didn't say crackhead. I said I love Kraken. The name Kraken. <laughs> no, but that's what people are going to call oh. their fan base. Oh, okay. that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I like that. So, so they've got it. So they've 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 reworked those divisions where it's eight team, basically about eight teams per division. You know, all the Canadian teams are in one one area. Uh, you know, it's kind of by region, and so that made me kind of think about how we would rework the NFL 
it, would you do it sort of like the NHL? Would you how would that affect uh, playoffs? Would it how would you affect you know playoff changes, seeding, things like that? You know, I, I think that it's just a a real nice, easy, lighthearted conversation to have as we uh, you know get through, try to get through the Aaron Rodgers wasteland, basically at this news wasteland now at this point. So, um, so I guess do you, I so I've written something out. Do you want me to start? Or do you, do, Eli, I know you were talking about you have strong feelings about the playoffs. Just, do you want Do you want to kick us off? Um. No, why don't you go? Why don't you kick us off? You know, you okay. definitely prepared more, writing some stuff down, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So I've so I've done it basically exactly what the NHL has done, almost to a point. Basically reworking this, get rid of get rid of the four divisions per conference. We're doing eight teams, four divisions, all by region. So your new regions, you've got the NFC North. Paired up with the Colts and then three-fourths of the AFC North, the Ohio teams, Cleveland and Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. That's that. There's your one region. We move over to the, the East Coast. You've got Buffalo, New England, New York, both New York teams. You've got Philly, Baltimore, Washington, and Carolina, rounding out that. Down south, you got all three of the Florida teams, Atlanta, New Orleans, throw Dallas in there, Tennessee, Kansas City, and then over on the West Coast, you got Vegas, both of the LAs, Arizona, Denver, San Francisco, Seattle, and Houston thrown in there as well. So those are your new those are your new conferences. All right, that you're not even don't even think about it as AFC and NFC anymore. Get rid of them. I don't yeah, like kind of like the how the NHL they have central metropolitan exactly you'd have like north south east west or whatever you can exactly north, or the give north them like their, their sponsored be. names like here's the Honda division or the whatever quick trip division the the, quick, there you the, go the play the quick division, division. The quick trip prove me division. otherwise yeah so the north that's, sounds that's, fun. That's you add, really you add the AFC North to the NFC North, you get a lot of cold weather games. Exactly. Down for that. That's pretty yeah. close to how I had it, too, having eight teams per division. But you did so a really so good job essentially, it up. It's essentially, we're not calling them conferences. Okay, no, so it's just four divisions of eight teams. And, and no yeah. conferences, essentially. Yes. It's more regionally. And yes. then, so... But the problem is, I mean, I guess not, I mean, again, it's hypothetical, but only because in the NFL, would you have teams move outside their region, or are you only playing the eight teams within your region? That's kind of what I was going to feed off of, Dan, with that. So because I put eight teams in each division, I had uh, you play each divisional team one time, Mm -hmm. and then uh, you can kind of, I, I kind of didn't know if, like, maybe pick a couple teams from each other division that you would play. So it's not like okay, it's the North. Well, it's probably go by like record, you know, like in the NFL now, where yeah, you, you know, still... finished third in your division this year. The three teams the eight... outside your division, you yeah, played. the eight teams in the division could all play different teams based on where they ranked. So I had a... and get rid of that seventeenth game too. Go back to sixteen yeah, games. And... That's another. Oh, oh. I don't really? like I if it's going to be 17 just make I, it 18. Make it 18. Thank, okay, thank you. Yeah. Yes. I say go 18. Just don't that's, that's 18. My, it yeah. makes no sense. I have to look at a what a, a 9 and 8 record. 
we went 12 and 5. It sounds just disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of it. So then you, you, could, you could realistically play almost every other team then. You'd play half the division roughly. Yeah. Or like half the league roughly. So, yeah, I think that'd be kind of fun. You know it works because then marketing-wise – Location-wise, you know, oh, I want to see the Packers, but I only get to see them, like, every four or five years. Now maybe you get to see them every two or three a little bit more frequently. So, yeah, it could work out in that way. And, uh, yeah, I put that many teams. You only need to play divisional teams once. And then, right. obviously, that makes those rival games even bigger because it's just one, that one uh Right. Like, think, like so, think about it. Like, think about it, you know, like I'm an Ohio State fan, and that is something that I look for every year: is are, is Michigan and Michigan State are they home games or are they away games? Yeah, it's year? like the axe game for the Badgers you know? and Gophers. Yep. Yep. exactly. You you suspend like the suspense is even more, and usually it's one of the last. Like I know the axe game is basically the last week every year, so just kind of one of those things you could look for. Like oh well, Packers and Bears will always either play. Week one or week eighteen or whatever you mm-hmm. decided on. So um, you could. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like I have a great way to piss you both off. <laughs> would, it, would it bother you guys if I was a Notre Dame fan? Oh no, I don't mind. Oh, that would almost bother me more for hockey than football. Well, I don't follow <laughs> hockey, but for what it's worth, while I do, you know, want the Badgers to win in general because I like them, but spending four years in South Bend, Indiana kind of forces you to become a Notre Dame fan. So that's, you know, again, I'm not much of a college football fan, but I, isn't, I thought Ohio State and Notre Dame or Elite or Wisconsin, aren't they all in the same Big conference? Fan. No, yeah, Notre, Dame, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame is independent. So they, they don't have a te- – they technically don't have a a conference to play oh. in. But – but it's the same, like, they have – Notre Dame basically just fills their schedule out with essentially mostly, like, their big rival, like, rivalries. Like, they play, like, USC. Michigan, like, you know, is, is put on the schedule every every once in a while. You've got, you know, you've just got, like, all of these big games. And it, like Janelle said, it makes each game count a little bit more, you know, because then, like, you know, everyone likes to talk about, like, you know, the first time that you play the Bears, like, oh, it's Bears week, you know, uh, you know, all the all the rivalry stuff. And it's like, yeah, but then, like, two weeks later, we're going to play the Bears again. And then it's Bears week all over again. Well, and you, you know, have, and but, then it's like the Vikings. So you have four big rivalry weeks. Right. Like, you know, when it's, well, when, it's a 16 game. when it's Michigan week, like, that's that like that is lockdown for Columbus and Ann Arbor that like they're, you know, that that is when that is when things get serious. You count down to those weekends, and so yeah, I think if you did it that way, because it keeps it keeps most of the huge rivalries intact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, mind, like, if you only played the Bears once per year, that game is is almost like that's the first game you look at, as opposed to now it's right. like oh, you know, we're playing the Chiefs and whatever week nine. But right. like if you're playing the Bears once per year, that's probably the first game you're looking at at the schedule. Well, and then yep. it's like, is it at Lambeau, at Soldier Field, who gets them this year, who gets them next yeah. year? Yeah, like how we always, without fail, play in San Francisco, and it'll never make sense to me, and it drives me nuts right. when I want to talk about it. Um, how did you have playoffs looking then with the so, kind of broken up four so different the way games? It's, it still sticks with sort of the hockey mentality. 
top two teams in each division, and then the third one is the wild card. So two and three from each division play each other. Top team gets a bye, and then you've got the two remaining teams from each division play, and then the winners of the divisions play each other for the right to go to the final. So kind of similar to how they're doing it this year. Sort of, yes. Yeah, sort of similar you're playing to how your division year, twice, yeah. and then you play out of your division for the finals to move on to Super Bowl in the situation. Right. Yes, exactly. So that, be, I I love the idea if if they could somehow work in because I love the way hockey did it last year with the qualifying rounds. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't do round robin the way that. Uh, they did last year where you take the top four seeds and they round robin for seeds, like the top four teams and they round robin for seeding while the the bottom four, they play to qualify. So obviously you can't do it because hockey, or yeah, hockey plays more games than football. Football is a one game thing. So it would also be fun, you know, if you could somehow incorporate, you know, the lower teams, they kind of get to fight for that last seed where you Mm -hmm. take a couple and they get to play a game to try and get their way in, kind of like earn it instead of record-wise. So that's just always something that I thought was – it makes it more suspenseful for those teams. It's a lot of fun. So yeah. that's always and something you, that I love to have. I loved it last year in hockey, and I wish that they would have kind of kept that kind of system. But, yeah, so if I'm redoing NFL scheduling, I'm probably adding some kind of qualifying round to get that wild card seed. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, too, I, I hadn't really thought about this, but, like, it, we're basing it mo- mostly off of traditional college regions, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the, the new NFC North area is all of the Big Ten. So now you've got all of these, you know, like, I I know, um, I know so many Ohio State fans that I am friends with on Saturdays but then on Sundays we root for completely different conferences. You know, they're Bengals and, and Browns fans. But now think about it where you're all in the same region and the, the, those rivalries just increase even more because you're always around each other. The fans are always around each other. You're traveling to all of your games. It just I think it just adds a little bit something more to everything. Yeah, and I, I love added suspense because that's what makes it more fun. Right. When you add that suspense factor. Eli, I'm curious to know kind of what we're, you, you're, you're you have obviously strong thoughts on. Already. Um, <laughs> well, look, uh, to be honest, you know, I, I had to kind of take out my graphing calculator to figure out exactly how, what you guys did. I guess hockey fans are way smarter than other sports fans. That sounded, I mean, not confusing, but I don't know what hockey did this year or if that's permanent or if it's just COVID. Seems very interesting, but... I do like the idea of the four big divisions. Uh, the playoff, the way the playoffs would work, I got a little bit lost when you guys said that the two division winners would play each other. I assume that would mean after they beat a lower seed. Yeah, when you so. Division winner, you just mean whoever ends up so coming out got, of that so division. You've the, so you've got the top two teams in each division, right? Those, yeah. those are your two winners. And then, and then the third team in each division is your wild card. So number two and number three in each division play each other, and the first seed in the division gets a bye. And then, they and then, whoever then wins the winner of two and three, three plays the top-seeded team in their division, and then the winners of 
of those, the winner of that game is your division winner, and then you got four of those division winners, and they play each other for a chance for the Super Bowl. Okay, all right, so now I got it. All right, yeah, I mean, that's that would uh, definitely be – I mean, number one, I like that – so there wouldn't be two buys then. It would be one buy. I didn't think that far ahead of it. I okay. did. I didn't. I didn't no, think, you said you, yeah. know, you said the top two seeds, and then you said two oh, 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 of the playoffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just one, just one team, one, one by week. The buy. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I think would be cool, just to, like division wise, and also it would, like Jen said, teams would play other teams a lot more frequently as opposed to once every four years, as a you know across the mm-hmm. conferences. Uh, but the one thing that I would say that I would just change, and it wouldn't necessarily be all that dramatic uh, as in shifting that much, but in terms of the way the NFL has right now, number one, like we just said, I would either go back to 16 or I'll go to 18, but 17 is absurd. It's borderline offensive for all (laughs) numbers everywhere. And then the seventh playoff team, like, I get it. Like, I get Like, I guess, you know, I guess maybe because we're Packer fans and usually we're not in that situation. Maybe I'm like, screw that. I don't want an extra team in the playoffs. More importantly, I don't want to take away a bye from the two seed because I do believe that the two seed should get a bye. But yeah, you know, if you are a team on the fringe, having that seven seed is big. But for me, the biggest thing would really be reshaping the entire way they do the playoff seedings. And I think this is how the NBA does it, which is, it, it removes divisions, as in the seating-wise. Like, I don't think just be, like this past year, who was it, uh, the Eagles or, or, or Washington. Oh, sorry, the Washington, whatever they were. Washington. They were <laughs> nine and seven or eight and eight. Yeah. And they win, win the division. They host the playoff game. They're the fourth seed in the, in, the, in the conference. Like, that's crazy to me. You know, the year the Packers won the Super Bowl, the Seahawks went seven and nine, hosted a playoff game and beat the Saints. It ended up helping the Packers, but still, like, that shouldn't happen. A team that, let's say, won 11 games or even just 10, or 10 games, still very impressive, but is in a division with a team that won 13, shouldn't have to travel to a team that won, even if it's just nine games, even if they were nine and seven, you know, they won their division in nine and seven. Like, if you have a better record, you should be you should be hosting. It's that simple. So I think when people would, you know, you would still have divisions, you would still have rivals, you would still have the teams you play twice a year and that you hate and other rivalries you have. So divisions would still matter, but come playoff time, it's the top six or I guess now seven records are in the playoffs. If that means no one in the NFC East is going to the playoffs, no one in the NFC East is going to the playoffs. Why do you deserve to go to the playoffs just because you were put, I mean, in in a division – with three teams that just suck. I mean, imagine like the AFC East, but Tom Brady's entire career, he played against the the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets, who all sucked hard for years. So even if the Patriots were marginally good, mm-hmm. like, and then they were all of a sudden lost. So they were winning the division every year at, 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 with eight or nine wins, and then they get to host, you know, the Colts or something in a playoff game and knock out Peyton Man, just hypothetically. Like, I just think being – the best out of a shitty division does not give you the the right to then host a playoff game. As much as I would have loved to have seen uh, Taylor Heineke beat the Bucks this year, you know, the Bucks probably should have been hosting that game. And that's like any other case. If you have a better record, you're a better team, you won more games, 
you should be a higher seed. Just because you didn't win your division, okay, they won 14 games. They were amazing. We won 12, and I'm going to go travel to a team that won nine. That, that's the one thing I would change is just do top seven records. Those are your seeds. That There it is. It's a very much more realistic thinking than Dan and I, but <laughs> well, that's I mean, it, look, I mean, it does make sense, though. I mean, yeah, a team with less wins and a lower record shouldn't – oh, sorry. I just – Watching the game, Boston just. I, I was, I was, I was fist pumping during. I just little, completely lost. My favorite <laughs> rat boy, baby. You guys. I'm like mid, mid sentence, and it's like whatever just happened. Sorry. Anyway. I was like Janelle's keeping this much cooler than I am right now. <laughs> I might be on delay, but anyway, yeah. So I don't even remember what I was saying. Obviously, Dan and I are in very much hockey mode, which is why we kind of went with this topic you idea. Were saying why. Then that. Everything I said was spot on, and that you agree with almost everything. Oh, oh I said. yeah, I mean, I do though. It, yeah, <laughs> divisions that yeah, yeah. aren't very good, getting to host, like maybe a team that had a better record and are just in a tougher division, it's not as fair to them. So I think, yeah, kind of having to earn that home field advantage with look at, the record. Look at the NFC the West. Best. The NFC West could legitimately put four teams in the playoffs in a yeah. single season if this was the way it went. Instead, Max, I guess they could get three, but but it's just unlikely. I'm saying there are divisions that are just way, 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 way tougher than others, so it just kind of screws over. Well, with teams. eight teams in the division, like Dan and I just made, it makes it even harder now, too. <laughs> well, like, well, well, if well, if you're doing it the way Eli is, then I think you even just get rid of four divisions and you do it like the NBA, where it's you go sixteen and you go sixteen and sixteen. The the Top half, the best half of your league makes it to the playoffs. The bottom of the half of your league. What's that? Conference. Of the conference. Oh, so is there just? Oh, I have no idea how the NBA is structured. Is there? Well, you just have you just have the East. There's like there's technically smaller divisions inside of it, but is it kind like, of like hockey where there's the East and the Eastern West? N- no, it, it's it's literally. I mean, basically for the playoffs, it's just East and West. And it's and it's the top teams in the East, top teams in the West. I, I agree with you. I like I I would definitely not be upset with it if they went that way. I mean, because again, like the divisional stuff is just it's mainly just for the rivalries at this point. You know, yeah. it, it's just to get to play two games a year against the Bears. And you'll still, still get that. And guess what? A hundred right. years of hate isn't going to go away because of right. the playoff seating. No one's going to be like, oh, it doesn't feel as real. It'll be the same freaking thing. But instead, teams that deserve to be in the playoffs and or host playoff games will be there. And that's just how I feel it should be. I just think it's insane that because you're lucky and you play in the, for right now, let's say the NFC East or mm-hmm. the AFC South or whatever, you know, I'm saying they're, they're obviously considerably better and worse divisions throughout the NFL. And that shouldn't give you a free pass to a home playoff game or, in my opinion, even the playoffs. Just because you you know you got lucky and the Giants and the Cowboys and the and the Eagles horrendous horrendous team so right. so you know what we won nine games we're gonna host an eleven win team like that that just seems insane <laughs> to me. Well, and Dan, kind of you know in our hockey world, obviously the way they do it, you know, regionally, time wise, it's different times like. West Coast. If I want to watch a West Coast game, mm-hmm. they play at like nine Central, but it it makes sense because that's 
seven for them. So would you also uh, change times or anything like that to make it more viewer friendly for those regions? Or would you kind of just leave it where it's the noon, the three and the Sunday night game, which I, those Ooh. times would be different for anybody out of central time, but those are what they are. For wow. That's a, that's a really, that's yeah. a really good question. I hadn't <laughs> yeah, really, thought, uh, hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you almost kind of have to, you almost kind of have to do it. The, you'd almost kind of have to do it the same way colleges, you know, where like the pack, most of the pack 12 games, you know, are, are later at night kind of thing. Yeah. I mean like you the know? Lakers or whatever, whatever, you know, West coast NBA teams, their yeah. games don't start on the central till almost 10 o'clock at night. Um, but in terms of, let's say, you know, noon games, I don't know, players or fans, I don't think anyone's going to be interested in a, in a, in a 7 a.m. NFL football game. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I, I like, like when it's the, oh, London in London, game, the London, yeah. field, I agree, but I'm saying I don't want to have to wake up exceptionally early. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. It's football. I'm going to watch it, but we start at 10. <laughs> I mean, you could. Don't I mean, you could theoretically be okay keeping – you could keep the same times. You know, yeah. you would just – mainly the the East Coast teams would more play on the early games as opposed to, you know, yeah, playing I the guess, playing the West Coast plays later. later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, either way, it usually is like that. I mean, you know, the NFC right. West and AFC right. West are usually playing at 325, 315 anyway, so. Yeah. It was, yeah, I was just curious as to if you'd do anything like that, because I know that that's kind of how um, hockey, I don't know if basketball structures it like that, too, where kind of regionally they'll play at a, a more appealing time. But, I mean, like Eli said, it's football. People will watch it at any time. So, yeah, I guess it was just a curiosity question, but there's really no need to change. Plus, then that way you still get that Sunday night game that you can kind of like that one thing everybody can focus on and be excited, and you still have those. Would you would you keep Monday and Thursday night. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. keep all that you, stuff. You need that. as many days of football as you can. I would <laughs> yes. start adding Wednesday night football. I was going to say, I mean, this oh, year we got we had yeah. every night of football. It was bizarre, but. I, don't yeah, care. I did not care that it was because of a deadly virus. <laughs> keep, keep Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night football. I want it all. Yeah, I mean, any, because during football, see, like when there's like just Tuesday and Wednesday nights, it's like you feel empty. It's like, yes. where do I go? Yes. How do I go on with my life? Where is the football? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like Tuesday and Wednesdays from September to January. So let's let's just play football always. Because on you know, Fridays and Saturdays you get to college. So exactly, yeah. So you know, let's make it a forty-seven game season. Oh. Obviously, couldn't be forty-six. That would make too much sense. Let's do forty-seven because oh, odd numbers and the new things. And every it'll be nine playoff seasons, not eight or ten. Let's do nine. Get it together. I, I, I didn't know I was <laughs> podcasting with Rain Man. This is fantastic. No, I'm just, it's insane to me to go to 17 games and no, seven you're right. teams. I, I mean, I'm not OCD, but maybe I am. Who knows? I, no, I, you are. I, <laughs> I, I, I would definitely label you as that. Well, you, now you guys got me sweating over numbers, and I hate math, so thanks a lot. <laughs> Well, I think um, I we mean, had a lot more content out of that than we thought we would. <laughs> yeah, we did. I mean, this was this was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. I hope people enjoyed listening to it too. And like I said, the best thing that I always want out of these types of discussions are responses from the fans that listen to it and like tell us what you think about what we said there. I want to hear ideas from other people 
Like th- there's got to be some there's got to be some setup that people have thought about. They've been talking about you know where you're sitting like you're sitting there at 10 a.m. at a tailgate and you're like you know wouldn't it be like super cool if we did it like this where you know it's uh you know like a Thunderdome and you know like one one team two teams Later enter one team leaves <laughs> right yeah like I want to yeah. I want to hear all ideas so let us know um hit us up on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Follow all of us on Twitter as well. I'm on there at DK all the way. Um, guys, where can people find you to talk about all of this and anything else on the Twitter? Anything that you got uh, got coming up to promote? Jen, I will follow Zach's wonderful lead <laughs> on Open Book and let you go first. <laughs> I'm guess they're going to end up with more awkward silences. Uh, yeah, so obviously you can catch me on Pack-A-Day every other Tuesday with these guys. Make sure you follow Pack-A-Day. And then you can just follow my personal Twitter Right now, a lot of hockey mixed in with Packer stuff, of course. You can follow me at Big Mac underscore four every Thursday or no, every Wednesday now. We changed every Wednesday at seven o'clock central. Uh, you can find Zach, Eli, and myself on Open Book on Game on Wisconsin. And then I also have the First Line podcast, which is my hockey podcast at SA First Line. And then also my Minds of the Game, which I think is at SIA Mind Game. That's the one I do with Brandon Bostick. So, yeah, lots going on, and those are all the places where you can find my abundance of work. Yeah, I should not have let Jen go first because (laughs) I feel so unqualified, and I have no credentials to be here. But um, like Jen said – You're in half my show as Eli, so – That is true. That's true, yeah. I'm kind of just riding your coattails, I guess. (laughs) I I got lucky. We are. Yeah, so like you guys said, obviously follow Pack-A-Day. I'm here every other Tuesday with Dan and Jen. You can find us for the rest of the off-season at least every Wednesday um, on Open Book, um, on Game on Wisconsin. You can find that on YouTube or on the Game on Wisconsin Twitter page. You can find me on Twitter at Bovili underscore NFL. Like Jen said, it's kind of like all hockey, but remove the hockey and just do a ton of Aaron Rodgers. That's basically all you're going to get out of me, and then you can find my YouTube page uh, under Ellie Berkovitz, Jen. Yeah, under Ellie Berkovitz. Under Ellie. Yes, and you know what? For anyone out there looking for in-depth film breakdowns, I have started a Patreon account, and any any subscribers would be lovely. You can find that also at Ellie Berkovitz on Patreon, breaking down all sorts of Packer plays, from Aaron Rodgers to Brett Favre and everything in between. I think it's uh, something you guys would really enjoy, so check that out, too, if you could. Very cool. All right, guys, uh, until next time, hopefully there's – I think at this point no news is good news on Aaron Rodgers, so hopefully we don't have more to talk about uh, with that next time that we talk. But uh, until then, until then, everybody, stay safe, as always, and go back go. Go back
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.